You know, I love the reminder that he is our champion. It takes a lot of pressure off of us to try to control things and fix things and, and uh, knowing that in our obedience, he is responsible for the outcome and he's already won so we can step confidently into what we know he's calling us to do. Um, our current series is called Next Steps and we are talking about the next steps that we each have to take in following Jesus. And before I jump into that, I just want to stop for a moment and just celebrate the last few weeks. Um, I, I want to confess something to you. Over the last few years, I had gradually found myself in a rut, found myself in a place where I was cynical and um, kept showing up, kept being obedient because that's, I'm a rule follower and so I'm going to do that. And had just really felt like for a long time, you know, God, we're just, I guess we're just hanging on down here until you come back. Um, I think it's First Thessalonians that says in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. They'll be defiant. They'll be selfish. There'll be all these things. And I'm like, okay, so we're just living in this place and I'm just going to hold on until you come back. And uh, not expecting much. And that is my confession to you. But in the last few weeks, God has reminded me that he is still working. As we came together down here several, uh, about three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, and I watched you pray. I watched you pour out your heart, begging God for miracles in your life. Showing up here. It's Labor Day weekend. Look at this crowd. And... um, And it's not about the numbers. I don't want you to get confused and think that I'm excited because we have a lot of people in this room. No, I'm excited because I believe you're expectant. And I believe you are here because you want more of God. And that's why we're here, to celebrate our champion, to celebrate the one who's changed our lives. Um, At 9 o'clock, we had almost 200 people in growth track classes across three campuses. Again, it's not about the numbers. It's about the fact that people are hungry for God in this season. And so I am confessing to you that I believe God still has so much more to do. And he has just rekindled my passion. He has rekindled my desire to be here and be with you. And so I'm excited. I was excited when I saw that I got the assignment that I did to be able to share with you today about what um, this next step means in our walk with Christ. Last week, Daryl talked about our very first step in following Christ is surrendering our life to him. Our first step is actually a pivot. It's a 180. It's turning away from doing life our way, turning away from our selfishness, from our sin, and surrendering to Jesus Christ and saying, you're in charge. In, In the New Testament, when Jesus invited people into relationship with himself, he he made the simple statement, follow me. And that implies movement. He didn't say sit with me. He said, follow me. And that implies movement. And and he um, has called us not just to move closer to him, but to be obedient to what he's called us to do. So last week we talked about that very first step that we take in our faith and 15 people responded and gave their lives to Christ last week. So what's your next step? After salvation, what's your next step? It's baptism. In Acts chapter 2, just after the Holy Spirit settled on those early believers, Peter is preaching to a crowd of 3,000 people. This is like every preacher, every teacher's dream. To have a crowd of 3,000 people, you're sharing the gospel with them, and they respond. 
It was probably more than 3,000 people. 3,000 people said, hey, what do we need to do to be saved? And Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. That's the 180 that we do in surrendering. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I have two amazing grandchildren, and they are almost three years old. And their favorite question is why? Everything you tell them to do, tell them not to do. Why? Don't play in the street. Why? Don't play around the pool without your swimmies. Why? Everything is why. And I think we're just like that. You know, Jesus is pretty clear through most of Scripture about what he's called us to do and who he's called us to be, but yet we often say, why? Why, Jesus? And um, when, when we read about this next step being baptism, I could say because Jesus said so and we could go home. But... He is gracious, and he has given us, in his word, the answer to that question. And so I want to celebrate and, and share that with you. The first, we, the first reason we are baptized is to celebrate our decision to follow Jesus. It's a celebration. We love to celebrate big moments in our lives. When we graduate, there are commencement ceremonies and parties. When we get married, there are memorable weddings and receptions. And we set these moments apart because it defines what's important to us. And the most important event in anyone's life is that moment that you come to Christ. Amen. Because your life and your eternity is changed. And baptism celebrates that moment. In a passage of scripture known as the Great Commission, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So we are to make Jesus known as we go through our life. We are to invite people into a relationship with him because we want them to know what we have experienced in him. And then he said, be sure that they celebrate that decision that they imprint that moment in their lives with baptism. Jesus told a story about a father who had two sons. One was very obedient, one was very faithful, but he was kind of cranky and judgmental. And there was another one who was wild and, and pretty selfish, and he took his inheritance and wasted it, lived a wild and rowdy life. And then when he hit rock bottom, which is usually the only place where we're willing to change, when he hit rock bottom, he realized that he needed to go home to his father. And when he returned home to his father, his father threw a party for him. In Luke 15, 7, it says, There's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So baptism is a party. It's a celebration. Um, over the years, we've heard pretty consistent reasons why people put off being baptized. And one of them is, I don't have my life together yet. Join the club. If we wait until that point, we'll never take that step. And you know what? That's missing the point because it's not about having it all figured out. It's not about being an expert. It's saying, hey, I'm just getting started. I am just taking my first step to follow him. Getting baptized simply says, I have a long way to go and I have a lot of questions, but I've taken my first step and I'm going to celebrate that. You know, if you're married, do you remember your wedding day? Um, you didn't walk down the aisle and declare to everyone that you were a marriage expert. 
I mean, you were not saying, hey, we've got this figured out. You were saying, we are starting our life together. We are starting our life together as husband and wife. And that's what baptism declares. Baptism is also going public with your decision. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus spoke some strong words. In verse 32, he said, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Baptism is about standing up and being counted as a follower of Christ. It's saying, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. You know, it's one of only two sacred traditions that Jesus told us to do. And one is communion that we will do many times in our lives. But baptism is that once-in-a-lifetime moment to declare, publicly declare your allegiance to Jesus Christ. The word baptized simply means to plunge, to immerse in water. And that is why we believe in the original language Scripture teaches us to do baptism by immersion. It is a reflection of what happened to you spiritually when you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. The water symbolizes the washing away of your sins. As you are placed under the water, it is a representation of the death and the burial of Jesus Christ. As you come up out of the water, you are signifying and celebrating the resurrection and what that means for you, that you are now walking in a brand new life. It is a beautiful, symbolic moment of the change that has taken place. Another question that we are asked is, if I was baptized as an infant, does that count? And the answer is yes and no. It counts because it was a special moment when your parents declared their love for you, their desire for you to make faith a prominent part of your life, and nothing should devalue that moment. Nothing should devalue their love for you. But infant baptism is not the same as New Testament baptism that Jesus commands. The baptism that he calls us to is a step of obedience based on your personal decision to follow Christ and to make him Lord of your life. And most churches who practice infant baptism also um, create moments where you would confirm that faith, where you would choose for yourself to live out that faith as you get older, but that still isn't full obedience to Jesus' command for baptism based on your personal decision. Here at The Journey, we offer child dedication for parents to um, bring their child and, and to say, as, as parents, we are committing to raise this child in the faith. We as a church come alongside and say we are here to support you and, and help you as a family lead that child to Christ. But we reserve baptism for that time, for that moment in someone's life when they personally choose to follow Jesus. So if you were baptized as an infant and you haven't been baptized since making a personal decision to follow Christ, then you'd still need to be scripturally baptized. Um, someone has asked, what if I was baptized in the past, but I didn't understand what I was doing? All my friends were doing it, maybe my parents pressured me, and I got baptized, and it really just didn't mean anything. You just got wet. So, <laughs> biblically, if you made a decision after that, a personal decision to follow Christ, then you still need to be baptized. Um, someone has asked before, I took my first step to follow Jesus a really long time ago. And I have not been baptized, and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that. Should I still be baptized? Yes. Yes, you should. And don't be embarrassed, because I promise no one's judging, and everyone is celebrating with you, and you're not alone. 
And the ultimate reason we're baptized is because Jesus was. I mean, think about it. Jesus is the son of God. Did he really need to be baptized? No, but he did it because he set an example for us in everything he did. His entire life he did as an example for us to follow. And I love this moment. I love to read about this moment in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. John said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. Can you see this? I just love this. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and setting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And I love this because we see in this moment that baptism, baptism isn't just a ritual. We see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit coming together collectively in that moment. And I believe God the Father is speaking over you when you come out of that water. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom brings me great joy. It's such a special moment. In these verses, we see the collective nature of God. And I believe baptism is a sign that you have been adopted into the family of God. It shows your commitment to follow Jesus and your commitment to his family, the church. It's becoming more and more popular to hear people say, I love Jesus, but I'm not crazy about the church. And I want you to think about the words in that statement because the Bible says Jesus died for the church. Scripture portrays the church as the bride of Christ. And so as you say, I love Jesus, but I'm not crazy about the church, you're in essence saying to him, I'm not crazy about your wife. I'm not crazy about this person, this being, the church, the entity that you've given your life for. We are saved to follow Christ, but we are also saved into the family of God. And, and in a family, in a healthy family, everybody has a part to play. In a healthy family, everybody has a position to take so that the family is strong. And we may have bad memories, unhealthy examples of what family should look like, but that's where the church comes in because we get to redeem that. We get to restore what God intended within the body of Christ. Before we met Jesus, we were orphans. Spiritually, we were orphans, separated from the family of God because of sin. But now I have brothers and I have sisters who have been baptized into the family just like me. And the church is our home. And the beauty of the church is that we're from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different cultures, different socioeconomic places, and yet we can come together, different political parties, different, all, you name it, it's represented within the body of Christ. But none of those things matter because our most important identity is son and daughter of God. Yeah. Ephesians 4, 4 says, for there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. One faith, one Lord, one God, one Father. And that's why we are committed as a church to doing whatever it takes to be the family that God's called us to be, to represent heaven here on earth. That is what the church is called to do. Baptism declares our salvation to the world. And it unites us together as one people. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. 
Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. When you are baptized into the body of God, there is a part that you are called to play. God's designed it for you. He has gifted you for that role. He's given you spiritual gifts. He's, he has given you abilities. And when you don't take your place, God's word says that God places us. God positions us in the body where he wants us. And if we refuse to take that place, the body is weaker. Somebody else is taking up your slack. Somebody else is filling in your part. Each of us have a part to play. And next week, Pastor Daryl will be back today. He is at Spring Hill Baptist Church right here in our community celebrating 75 years of ministry. That was our church home growing up. And I just think it's amazing when a church has a track record in a community for that long. So he is there. He will be uh, back next week to talk to you about the family of God. Uh, We is greater than me. And we'll talk more about that next week. So here's the recap. Baptism is a public celebration marking your decision to follow Christ. It is a declaration of your commitment to him and to his family, the church. And we can't talk about baptism and not baptize people. So we have six people today who are going to be baptized. And here's the deal. Maybe you came today and you're not prepared, but the Holy Spirit has stirred something in you and you're like, I need to do that. I need to take this step. We have everything you need to be able to be baptized today. We have shorts. We have T-shirts. We even have underwear. Still in the package. (laughs) Clean, fresh. Um, Hair dryers, spray and conditioner, anything you need. We've removed every excuse. Towels. So if you want to be baptized today, I've got some team members. Miss Diana and Tracy are in the back. If you want to be baptized today, you just walk back there. Let them know. As we are baptizing those who came prepared, you can get changed. You can jump in line. What I'm going to ask everyone to do right now is just stand to your feet. And if you want to be baptized, just make your way back to the back corner of this room right now. Um, We are ready for you. We're prepared. And they will get you settled. And here's the deal. In Acts chapter 8. Philip, one of the early disciples, was walking along the road, and this guy came up in a chariot and said, hey, I'm reading the Old Testament, and I don't understand what it's saying. Can you explain it to me? And Philip said, oh, yeah, that's talking about Jesus, and he gave his life for us. And and this guy said, I want to commit my life to Christ. Now what do I do? And Philip said, you need to be baptized. And Acts 8.36 says, as they rode along, they came to some water, and the guy said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized right now? And he ordered the carriage to stop. They went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Immediate obedience. Immediate obedience. So we want to celebrate that with you. Um, If you're here today and you want to take that step, just go straight to the back. They will help you get changed. But right now, we're going to celebrate. If baptism is a celebration, we're going to celebrate with those who are prepared, who are ready to do that as our um, band comes, as the team is coming out to lead us. Um. They are coming. (laughs) Y'all don't want me to do this. I know my lane and I'm going to stay in it. Can we just give these guys some, some applause?
just the courage, the courage that it takes to stand up in front of a group of people. And, and you're never more self-conscious and self-aware than when you're wet, you know, like when your hair's all wet and you're not fixed up and, and all of that. But this is the most beautiful, beautiful moment in their life. Yeah. This has been one of those days that um, has taught us you can't program everything. It's not about having every, everything programmed and perfect. We work to, to bring excellence to God every Sunday, but sometimes things go, uh, don't go as planned. Our tracks messed up a little bit this morning. Most of y'all probably didn't even pick up on it. Um, and so I'm just going to hang out here for a minute and um, wait for our team, our worship team. There they come. God, we just pray right now that you would be honored. Thank you for changing lives. God, there is no greater miracle than lives transformed by your grace. Holy Spirit, settle on them, fill them, use them in miraculous ways. God, use us as your people. We are humbled that you would do that. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.